Welcome to National Transport Podcast, episode 19. My name is Alex, and in this week's episode we'll be looking at the Volvo to launch their double-decker coach, Bournemouth Rugby has a new coach, and Transdev ordering 157 electric buses from Volvo. And we'll have a special guest, Gary Mason, Engineering Director at Nottingham City Transport. So, sit back and enjoy the show. Volvo to launch double-decker coach. Volvo Buses has announced that it will launch a new express coach to supplement its latest 9000 range. The new arrival will be a double-decker with a body built from Karas Delta, OY of Finland. To be called the 9700DD, the double-decker will be 4.25 metres tall and is designed primarily for the Nordic market. While the launch of the 9700DD, we are taking things yet another level and will offer a comprehensive range of express coaches with several different versions for customers to choose between. Even now, ahead of the launch, there are already notable demand for the 9700DD from our customers which goes to prove that the new model is highly attractive on the market, says Nicholas Oa, Vice President of Coach Sales for Volvo Buses Business Region Europe. The Volvo 9700DD will be powered by the D11K460, Volvo's 11-litre 460-horsepower engine that is certified to run on diesel, HVO and B100 biodiesel. More details will be released at the launch in early 2020. Bournemouth Rugby has a new coach. Bournemouth Rugby will be arriving at games in style thanks to Yellow Coaches, which has become the Lions Transport Partner. The company, part of Yellow Buses, has marked the partnership by decorating a vehicle in the club's colours with the first team fly half Mike Pope depicted. Following promotion last season, the Lions are playing in the National Division 2, which means travelling great distances. Players will now be delivered in comfort in the 53-seat coach, which has all the mod cons and toilet facilities. The rugby club and the Yellows, which was recently bought out by the management team from its French owners, have signed a two-year deal. James Crocker, chief executive officer at Bournemouth Rugby, says, We are now competing against teams with big budgets and we remain amateur, so any advantage we can give ourselves is hugely important to travelling in comfort. Is one such thing which we will now be able to do thanks to yellow coaches. Having a dedicated coach makes us feel more professional, which is crucial when playing against professional teams. Fiona Hardwood from Yellow Buses said, Being Bournemouth-based, we are keen to support the t- town's teams. We are a partnership with the Cherries, and now we will be adding our weight to the Lions. The players will benefit from our branding, which we've seen wherever Bournemouth play. Yellow coaches as a as a new brand has taken off and we are sending more and more coaches out every day. We are proud to be driving force in raising awareness for the Bournemouth Rugby. Transdev orders 157 electric buses from Volvo. Volvo Buses is set to deliver 157 Volvo 9700 electric articulated buses to Transdev starting in 2020 with a capacity of 150 passengers and a reported energy consumption of 80% lower than a similar diesel bus. They will operate on a number of routes in Gothenburg. It is immensely gratifying that we have secured Europe's largest ever single order for electric buses. Volvo is a pioneer in electromobility and sustainability public transport. We have a holistic system perspective for cities that encompass vehicles, service and charging infrastructure. We focus on solutions that offer high reliability and high service levels for route operators and passengers. This large order confirms that electric buses are already recognised as a sustainable and financially viable solution for demanding high-capacity public transport needs, said the president of Volvo Buses. 
Transdev is today Europe's leading operator of electric buses, and we know what challenges there are for the transition to electric propulsion. We've therefore been extremely thorough in choosing a partner with holistic approach, a partner that will be able to deliver both buses and charging infrastructure on time, with excellent uptime. Being able to announce that we, are, that we have chosen Volvo as our partner for city bus operations in Volvo's home city of Gothenburg is of course particularly satisfying, says the CEO of Transdead Steven. The buses will be charged in quick charge stations along the route using Oppo Charge charging infrastructure in order to ensure the most efficient operation possible. In addition to the electric buses, the order includes a further 27 Euro 6 buses for regional operations running on biodiesel. For us as a mobility supplier, it is vital to always be able to offer passengers good service and functional vehicles, but it's also important that our drivers have good working climate. New buses, in particular quiet electric buses, not only result in cleaner cities, they also improve the everyday working environment, explained Gunnar. And now, without further ado, Gary Mason, Engineering Director for Nottingham City Transport, who will tell us the history of how Nottingham became the world's leader in gas powered double-decker buses. Okay, well I'm, I'm Gary Mason, I'm the Engineering Director at Nottingham City Transport. Um, as, a, as a company, we started looking at gas way back in, in the end of 2012. Uh, it was at that time uh, that we knew that uh, in then, four or five years time, 2015-ish, 2016, uh, uh, Euro 6 emission standards will be introduced. We was currently uh, in the midst of the Euro 5 emission standards. Uh, Euro 5 had been difficult for manufacturers to achieve with diesel buses. Um, so we knew that Euro 6 was going to be even more difficult. Uh, now of course at that time we were overwhelmingly a diesel operator. We still, the majority of our buses still are diesel. Uh, so we weren't uh, in any way concerned about uh, continuing diesel buses, but that was a good time to take a, a look at what was available and see if there was anything better. Uh, so at that time we started talking with one of our vehicle supplier partners, which is Scania. Scania operate uh, a lot of different non-fossil fuel vehicles on the continent, uh, on, on the continent especially Sweden, uh, they are a lot of ethanol vehicles, uh, and also a lot of gas powered vehicles, albeit all single deck, whereas we knew that once we got to the mid-teens, the, 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 the main thrust of our fleet replacement would be double deck. Uh, however, at that time, Scania GB were, were very keen to convince their Lords and Masters over in Sweden that it would be worthwhile investing in and developing a, uh, a gas double jet bus. So we uh, helped them, we visited Sweden with them to, uh, to support their argument from an operator's perspective. Uh, and although it took a, uh, a couple more years on top of that, by 2015 uh, Scania were well on the way to developing the chassis for the gas double deck. Uh, now around about that sort of time as well, there were a number of uh, government incentives uh, to encourage 
bus operators to invest in low carbon alternatives uh, and uh, so the, the timing was uh, ideal for us in so much that whilst it didn't give us any massive contribution towards the vehicles which is the bulk of the cost what it did do is it gave us a bit of a, a kick start on the infrastructure that we need to fuel gas buses and that infrastructure being uh, the compressors to compress the gas uh, and uh, and then dispense it to the vehicles. So uh, we were successful in getting some support from uh, the Office of Low Emission Vehicles, uh, and and that enabled us to buy our first or order our first tranche of 53 double deck buses, and the supporting infrastructure to to fuel them. The uh, there was some considerable development work required both on the infrastructure side and the bus side uh, and indeed the uh, the first of our uh, new double deck buses and we're in the wrong room or something <laughs> pointed you to uh, the picture that was uh, taken when we launched them in Old Market Square back in May 2017 so that was when the the first uh, double deck buses to our design were produced. There have been some earlier prototypes of a different design, but those are, they've not continued with that design. The, the standard design now for a gas double deck bus is that that we developed jointly between Nottingham City Transport, Scania, and Alexander Dennis, who's the body maker. Uh, in conjunction with that, with the infrastructure, we worked with road gas. Uh, road gas are based in Colic in Nottingham, so that was very convenient having an infrastructure provider on our doorstep. Uh, albeit, what we didn't have is a is a producer of biogas on our doorstep uh, that, that uh, actually injects into the the gas grid. And the way biogas works is that we buy uh, biogas from a producer. Uh, and they put it into the gas grid and for every kilogram of gas that they put into the gas grid then we take a kilogram of gas out of the gas grid to put in our buses and the, it is incumbent upon the biogas producers that they have to make their biomethane and, and the gas in the grid is methane uh, so they have to make their biomethane of exactly the same consistency and composition as the, the, the fossil fuel gas that's in the grid. Uh, but that basically means that they have to put additives in it to give it the smell that's associated with gas and they have to uh, put uh, oil and water additives in it to stop the seals in all the point in the pipework drying out. Uh, but other than that uh, it, it's methane. And uh, as it stands we're buying our methane from an anaerobic digestion plant uh, on, on the borders of Gloucestershire uh, and we buy that through a company called Air Liquide who are basically described in a sort of like a French version of BOC but you see Air Liquide, uh, uh, they're very big in this country and, and uh, you see their vehicles around all the time of course what you don't see is an Air Liquide vehicle delivering gas that's one of the beauties of gas because it's, it's uh, trans transported through the gas grid it's not like when you when you get a delivery of diesel, you've actually got a diesel truck uh, uh, that is itself got a carbon footprint. 
so with, with gas, there is no carbon footprint associated with the, the transmission and transportation of that, uh, of that fuel. The actual production of the biomethane, uh, that's done through a process called anaerobic digestion. Uh, and that's not unlike a fermentation process. You, you use actually naturally occurring uh, microbes, uh, not a yeast, but, but uh, more of a, a microscopic bug that, uh, that, uh, that feeds on what's termed the feed, feedstock. And the feedstock in our case is always waste material. So it could be food waste, food production waste, and drinks production waste, uh, residue from brewery and distillery trade is very good feedstock. Um, it, it can be farm waste, farm slurry or such like. So indeed they try and get a bit of a, a concoction uh, of, of those different types of waste to get the right mix of nutrients to go into the anaerobic digester uh, that then gets attached to these microbes and, and the output in fermentation of course the, the output is alcohol in, in anaerobic digestion the output is methane uh, so that is a renewable source and is, is as close to a carbon neutral fuel as you can possibly get some people would actually argue that that, that is carbon positive and what they mean by that is that, is that not only are we using a renewable fuel, a non-fossil fuel, uh, for the feedstock, but the, uh, were that waste material to go into landfill, the, the microbes that are, that are used in anaerobic digestion occur naturally anyway. So when that goes into landfill, it will get attacked in the same way and produce methane in the same way, except it, that methane would escape to the atmosphere and methane is actually a far more potent greenhouse gas than CO2. So we also avoid that. Um, the, uh, there is a, a final spin-off benefit that is when the anaerobic digestion uh, process is finished you get uh, essentially a sludge, uh, which they call the digestate, uh, which is the waste material from the anaerobic digestion process but that in itself is actually a good fertiliser, an organic fertiliser. So that waste material doesn't go to landfill, that waste material goes back uh, into, the, uh, uh, into the farming community and is used as a, a fertiliser. So uh, it's for that reason that, that we can quite rightly claim that uh, our, uh, our buses are as carbon neutral as possible. They're not zero emission, uh, we're not, I don't want anybody to get confused by that. The, the uh, engines in a gas engine uh, are a, uh, an internal combustion engine, same as a petrol engine, same as a diesel engine. In actual fact, they're more like a petrol engine because they're a spark ignition engine, so they have spark plugs, um, and, and, but just very much bigger than a car engine, uh, where of course a diesel is, is a compression ignition engine. But whereas uh, uh, diesel is a long chain hydrocarbon, indeed as is petrol, methane is the, the, the simplest hydrocarbon you can get, it's chemical uh, uh, formula CH4, so you've only got one carbon atom for the four hydrogen atoms, and it's, and it's a hydrogen that gives it the energy that, that is burnt uh, in the engine, in the combustion process. The thing about uh, 
the, the gas engine compared to a diesel engine is that it is inherently cleaner. So uh, on a gas engine, all we have coming out of the engine through the exhaust is a catalytic, big catalytic converter, same as you would have on a modern petrol car engine. Whereas on a, a Euro 6 diesel engine, uh, the emissions for which is, are every bit as clean, but because the engine isn't as inherently clean, the only way you can achieve the Euro 6 standard is by, is by treating the exhaust. And we treat the exhaust in a number of ways in order to firstly take out the NOx, uh, the oxides of nitrogen, uh, and we do that by treating it effectively with an ammonia solution and then put it through a catalytic converter. And then we filter out the particulate material, the very fine carbon particles, and we do that by putting it through a diesel particulate filter. Uh, and indeed it was that back in when we was looking at the options for the different uh, fuels and drive lines available when we started looking at that in 2012, we knew that Euro 5 was difficult to achieve, so Euro 6 would be a whole lot more difficult to achieve because the exhaust standard that has to be met is a whole lot cleaner. So uh, in order to do that we knew that the, the reliability, the cost and the maintenance and the longevity of that exhaust treatment system would be a challenge on a diesel bus. Uh, and that's one of, the th one of the benefits of the gas bus is that we haven't got that complicated uh, sort of treatment plant on the back end of the engine that's treating the exhaust before it goes out to atmosphere because we haven't got the same level of NOx or, uh, or particulates uh, within, the, uh, within the, uh, the exhaust. So uh, that's one of the benefits from an engineering point of view but from, from an operational point of view uh, the, the buses are reliable which is good uh, they, they're quieter I kind of liken them in terms of an engine to an old-fashioned diesel engine versus a petrol car engine the car runs smoother it's quieter less vibration uh, and that's exactly what we've got in the gas buses uh, and I think that has been borne out by as we've introduced and they've had a very positive reaction from our customers uh, and the drivers so, uh, uh, with the success of the first 53, uh, we knew that we still had a lot to do to the fleet in Nottingham, because January the 1st, 2020, we've got the clean air plan being introduced into the city centre, which we've been working towards now for a couple of years. So, uh, we had to get, in order to comply with that, all of our fleet to Euro 6 equivalent. Well, uh, when we started out, the, the only Euro 6 buses that we got were the, were the gas buses, and we'd only got 53 of them. So uh, we took the view that uh, of our double-deck buses, the, uh, the, the Euro 3 and the Euro 4 buses are slightly older emission standard buses that really age-wise go up to 2010. Uh, it, it didn't really make sense doing anything with by putting this complicated exhaust treatment on them to get them to Euro 6 standard because they were nearing the end of their operational life with us. Although they've still got plenty of years left in them, we always aim to replace our buses after 12 years to keep the fleet age 
uh, as new as possible and keep the emission standards as clean as possible. So, uh, so we took the decision that we would replace all of those with new uh, Euro 6 double deck buses with, with uh, fueled by biomethane. So that has meant us buying another 67 uh, buses. Oh, sorry, sorry. That's all right. Right. Um, right. So I was saying we uh, we wanted to we've got to meet the clean air plan. So we have uh, invested in another 67 gas buses, uh, of which uh, 66 are here and in service and one is due to be delivered. Uh, the reason we got that other one, that was actually our hundredth gas bus, but uh, we've, we've uh, working in conjunction with Scania, they've been using that as a demonstrator. That's currently with us in Plymouth. Oh, right, okay. So that, that's the last visit before it comes back to us. Okay, so that's the, the, the deal that we've been doing with them. Um, and we have had to buy 10 diesel Euro 6 minibuses because we've got some minibuses to replace. And that's pretty, there isn't a, a gas uh, minibus, or is it a small gas engine? Uh, and unfortunately, we could not afford electric because electric buses are like twice the price of uh, a, a diesel bus. Uh, albeit in years to come, we're hoping that will change. You know, in a couple of years' time, I'm hoping that will change. Um, and the that leaves 180 buses, which are all our Euro 5 buses, uh, which is the, the remainder of our double deck fleet, which is 112, and then the rest are our MIDI buses, which are all Euro 5, that we're fitting exhaust treatment to, uh, to get them to Euro 6 equivalent. Uh, so that's well underway. And that will be completed by the end of the year. Um, so, so for January next year, uh, our fleet will be either new Euro 6 buses or Euro 5 buses with enhanced exhaust treatment to bring them to, to an Euro 6 equivalent emission standard. And that has been our plan for the last three years, in fairness, uh, although, uh, as ever, uh, most of the activity seems to have been crammed into this year. Uh, so it's been a pretty mad, hectic year. Uh, so I think we'll all be the, breathe a bit of a sigh of relief once we get the other side of Christmas. Uh, but, uh, uh, and indeed, we are still in the process of enlarging our gas infrastructure. A uh, gas infrastructure was originally of a size to accommodate 53 buses. We needed to well, we always planned it, we future-proofed it, such that the, the, the gas pipe coming in would, could provide much more gas and electric that powers the compressors to compress the gas at uh, uh, sufficient capacity. And that uh, if we got more buses, we just needed to add more compressors and more intermediate storage. Uh, so that we've done, unfortunately, when we come to place the orders for the compressors, the company that we used first time round had ceased making the compressor that, that we wanted in this country and won't be resuming manufacture for another year and they're planning to resume in Europe. 
So we couldn't go to them. We had to go to an alternative supplier that was a, a, a higher price, admittedly, but also a longer lead time. Uh, so whereas we should have had, we was expecting to have uh, double the, the size of our uh, fueling infrastructure by the end of August, uh, we only took delivery of the first of our two new compressors uh, on Monday of this week. So it's actually going to be the end of November uh, before we, we've got any extra uh, fueling capacity. So we've um, we. Uh, had the, the last few buses come in in September so we've gone through the whole of September, October and November uh, being e extremely close in terms of being able to, to fuel the buses uh, but I've got to say everybody's been working well, the team here has been fabulous uh, they've all been pulling in the same direction and it is really I mean, they've had to dr dramatically change the way uh, they, they, they deal with the buses because we can actually dispense gas to buses far quicker than we can compress gas. So once you start dispensing gas, the compressors are always playing catch up. Uh, now normally, uh, we start really the main running about 6.30 and then the com we'll be fueling throughout till midnight and by the early hours of the morning, right, we've replenished all the storage. Uh, the uh, at the moment that's that's sort of like 10 11 o'clock you know and uh, uh, and the worry is of course if you had a, a failure of the plant we would be in trouble uh, and indeed we've had some uh, some narrow escapes but up to but please just say thus far touch wood we've got away with it and the way the the fueling infrastructure works is it takes the gas from the grid uh, the Unfortunately, within striking distance of us, although we have a, a good size grid, it is only a low pressure grid. So that means the gas in it is 25 millibars, which is the same pressure that comes out of your gas hob at home. Uh, and we have to increase that to 300 bar, which is the pressure that's held in our intermediate storage. So we have to, we have to put a bit of work into that gas to compress it to 300 bar. The gas on the buses is stored at 250 bar uh, and we just rely on the, the pressure differential between the gas that we hold in storage and we have a big bank of gas cylinders uh, out, out there on our uh, car park uh, and, and uh, uh, 300 bar and the fact that we fill the gas to 200 bar of course the gas always flows from high pressure to lower pressure right, so we just Hook, hook the, effectively hook the bus up to that, that storage and the gas is naturally flows from the 300 bar down to the bus which when it comes in of course after a day's work will probably only be about 100 bar right? and then as the gas flows that pressure gradually increases until we get to 250 bar and then we cut off uh, 250 bar storage on buses was a, again an introduction with our vehicles Hitherto, in the continent and everywhere else on, on buses, the norm had been is to store gas at 200 bar. But of course that's single decks, and although you've not got a very high pressure, uh, to get sufficient mass of gas on the bus, you can just put a great long string of cylinders on, on the roof. So you can actually get a big volume of gas. Uh, we couldn't do that with a double deck, we're very limited 
and indeed the storage of the gas on a double deck is two big cylinders, some two foot diameter, and the full width of the bus, so getting over two meters wide. Um, and we have two of those, one sat on top of the other, or at the back of the upper saloon. So the back of the, right back of the upper saloon. Um, and although that gives us over a thousand liters of compressed gas, to uh, to get that uh, sufficient mass of gas, we had to increase the pressure from 200 to 250 bar, and in so doing, achieve our target range, which is 250 miles. And 250 miles is dictated by our uh, our running boards, you know, our vehicle duties, uh, whereby even though our average mileage is below 200 miles a day, just about every route has one or two vehicles that goes out early in the morning and doesn't come back till midnight uh, and does over 200 miles. Of course to maintain the efficiency of uh, driver scheduling and, uh, and vehicle allocation, we've got every vehicle has got to be capable of doing every duty. So that meant that, that every vehicle had to be able to achieve a range in excess of 200 miles. So by the time we built in a little 10% safety margin, that, that took us up to 250 miles. And that has always been uh, intrinsic with our vehicle spec for gas buses, that we must be able to achieve a 250 mile range, which I'm pleased to say we are doing. And indeed, the, the fuel consumption, uh, the gas consumption per kilometre has been slightly better than we than we uh, we calculated when we, when we were doing all that initial work um, so they've been uh, cost effective to run so which, which is good they're all, of course more expensive to buy but at least there is a long return it takes some while for to get your money back um, uh, they are nevertheless uh, uh, slightly more cost effective which given the operational benefits and the benefits from a passenger perspective you know, it's all like it just adds to the justification and makes uh, all the grief worthwhile. Okay, was that was that? <laughs> Would you say gas is cheaper than diesel? Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, diesel fluctuates. Oh, gas fluctuates. Diesel fluctuates uh, predominantly according to what's happening in the Middle East and 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 with Donald Trump and China, right? Uh, so that is more politically. Uh, influenced gas is more seasonal you know it's cheap in the summer and expensive in the winter because there's plenty of it in the summer and everybody wants it in the winter so uh, it doesn't vary much over the year uh, from one year to the next but it does vary during the year but on average uh, it is it is a, a slightly cheaper fuel than, than diesel it's not much in it but it's better than being a more expensive fuel so yeah, so that's good. Yeah. So, you, uh, would you want to expand into like gas single deckers and then? Uh, well, we're not we're we're not a full size single deck operator. We're a it's a double deck or minibus. And at the end of this year, that will that is exactly what we'll be. Believe it, we'll have a double deck fleet and a minibus fleet. We won't have any full size twelve meter single decks anymore. Uh, and at the moment, that is the only single deck that's available. If I'm honest, I think uh, I don't think there will ever be a big enough market for gas midi buses to justify the expense and the, for the research and development that would be required by the vehicle manufacturers 
to uh, uh, to develop a, a gas minibus uh, because that market is being overtaken by electric vehicles. So I don't think that that will ever be an option. And I think our uh, as we go into the 2020s, you know, minibuses will become essentially predominantly an electric vehicle. So 100% carbon neutral fleet one day. Oh, that's that was that's what we want. You know, and that you know that needn't be too far away. You know, from our point of view. Uh, our oldest Euro 5 doubled X 2015 so by if we, you know our 12 year age profile means that by 2027-2028 then yes we, we could be looking to replace those with carbon neutral vehicles which fortunately it happens to coincide with the City Council's target to make Nottingham carbon neutral by 2028 no, I don't think they base that on our bus fleet, but it, it is a nice coincidence. Yeah. So yeah, that's what we're working towards, and it has been, you know, uh, something that we've been looking at, you know, for a number of years now. You know, that uh, we didn't want only we didn't want to be just a clean operator. We wanted to be a green operator. You know, and, and that's one of the things that pushed us towards uh, uh, gas and main gas so attractive for us. I think that's all I have. Right, I've got to go because it's 22 now. Okay, thank you very much. Nice to meet you. Okay then. And that's all we have time for this week. Thanks again to Gary Mason, of the Engineering Director at Nottingham City Transport. And a thank you goes out to Anthony Carver-Smith, who gave me a really lovely depot tour. You guys are really, really nice. It'll be a pleasure to come again one day. So, as always, you can join us on Twitter at Podcast National. You can Facebook National Transport Podcast. You can send us an email at nationaltransportpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit the website at bit.ly forward slash NATTP. And as always, I'll see you next week with the latest and greatest from the bus and aviation industry.